Hello and a very warm welcome to Writing Perspectives, a podcast about writing and writers. My name's Steve Borley and I'm a writer. Writing Perspectives is here to help you understand what it takes to be a successful writer, what the life of a writer is really all about. My role's great. I get to introduce you to people who know what it takes and have blazed a trail before us. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking to Anna Eggert Thorodson. Anna is from Iceland, and if anyone can claim to be the go-to man for popular music in Iceland, it's Anna. From 1999 to 2012, he was a music and popular culture journalist for the Morgenblatt newspaper, one of Iceland's leading newspapers. So for any international rock stars listening, you've probably met him if you've played Reykjavik. Uh, from 2009 to 2012, he was head of the popular culture department of that newspaper. In 2012, an anthology of his music writing was published, Tonlist is Tonlist, or Music is Music, for non-Icelandic-speaking listeners. In 2009, with Jonathan Gartharsson, he co-authored the book The Hundred Greatest Icelandic Albums of All Time. And in 2007, he also co-authored a book with Einar Bortharsson, entitled Iceland's Manager, All the Tricks in the Book, uh, about Iceland's Simon Cowell. Einar has also written numerous book chapters, articles and reports in both English and Icelandic, and he is currently working on a new book entitled Icelandic Pop, a book he has quite understandably been commissioned to write. As well as working on his book, Anna is partway through his PhD from the Reed School of Music at Edinburgh University, where he's looking at the social dynamics of amateur musicians using Iceland as a case study. So, joining me directly from Reykjavik, a very warm welcome to Writing Perspectives, Anna. Thank you. It's, it's great to have you with us. Um, yes. can, can I start by talking to you about your journalistic career, starting there? Um, a lot of your writing on music has been reviews, critique and opinion. Um, how do you approach that kind of writing? Um, it really started, uh, as you say, with reviews. Uh, my very first uh, assignment for like, a, well, I started out with some underground magazines, but for Morgenbladet, which is like the Iceland's, uh, you know, at the time, the Iceland's uh, only like broadsheet or, 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 or professional paper or, or what you, do you want to call it? Like a like a long long running uh, respected uh, magazine. The, the first thing I did for them was a, a review, which is like maybe five hundred words about an album. Mm-hmm. And and so when you're writing that kind of so that's about how you started, and that obviously opened the door to, for more more writing and more work and regular work, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I guess kind of daily daily reviewing and critiquing. When you when you approach something, either an album or or a concert or a gig, as a as a reviewer. Um, kind of what what do you take take into that and and, how, and what do you what do you base that kind of writing on uh, um, I would like to go into the it, it, because it's it's for me it, this might sound strange it's 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 so, it has something to do with connection mm-hmm. because uh, when like when you receive an album there's uh, you know obviously there, there are persons uh, <laughs> Um, this is a work of art which is done by persons which have invested time into that. Yeah. And, you know, then you get a half half year's worth of work. It's going to be reviewed by someone which spends maybe two hours writing the review mm-hmm. or less. And, you know, it, it would seem, you know, you have to somehow put you put yourself into the mindset of giving you giving the time and just, well, the simple thing was would would be going respectfully into the writing. So yeah. um, I try to, let's say, an album. I try to look at the album from various angles. I try to draw the uh, 
the uh, uh, positive and uh, the uh, negative out from it and uh, like reviewing a piece of a, a piece of album um, I, I, you know, I try to lis listen to it, taking in the positives and the negatives, and then somehow write a respectful review. You know, this the writing is not like a display of how fanciful your style of writing is or whatever. You know, you know, having read Melody Maker and stuff like that, I got you know, it was something. You know, I, I thought it was funny and and smart when I was maybe eighteen or nineteen. But then I found it just, you know, this is not the way to do it, you know, this is not, uh, you know, you could say that the, the writing maybe is a bit more dull, but, you know, I just want to have it straight, respectful, and just trying to get to the heart of the music. And, mm -hmm. of course, also, you don't do the musicians any favor by only looking at, at the positives. You have to have some kind of a measured um, critique to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... So as as you can hear, uh, I, I got a good schooling from like one of my gurus at the Morgenbladet, and he was put a strong emphasis on you know you have to respect the artist and and and, and uh, approach the writing with respect to the work of art, and that was like that has been my guiding light uh, in the in the reviews, uh, the interviews and the think pieces and the articles. That that's another thing really. Yeah, so you approach those differently. I approach those differently, and uh, but one thing that you could say that shaped my writing and probably my style of writing is I was always working on a tight deadline, <laughs> so I never really had the time to sit down and think. You know, I couldn't I I I couldn't uh, wait a little bit and and review it or, or or rewrite or something. You know. Yeah. So after a few years. You just get schooled in in a certain way of you know a, a, you know how how you approach the writing. So everything was done on the fly, really. Yeah. Uh, to to glance, you know, at at most I glanced through the article and made minor um, uh, changes, and then it's just off to the printers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think just when I think about it now and I think about it out loud, I think that shapes. And kind of the style, because you really don't have any time to uh, look out for more fancy words or, or whatever. It, it's mm -hmm. uh, that deadline somehow shapes how, how you're going to part with the articles. Yeah, that, that's very interesting because coming out of that work um, for for Morgan Blatter, your writing mm. was collected into an anthology and into a book, which obviously takes it mm. out of that immediacy of needing to hit a newspaper daily print deadline. Mm -hmm. um, did that? Did that change the writing in any way? Was any of it edited and, and, and redone, for, or was it taken straight as published? Yeah, it's uh, the book was really uh, <laughs> in pretty much the same style, you could say, as uh, as the writing itself, because I collected it as quickly as I could, mm -hmm. uh, because I was working towards a deadline as well there. Uh, I just collected the articles that were at the top of my mind, you know, I, I didn't uh, wait through the arch archives or anything like that. Uh, and then I printed it, you know, straight. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. that was part of the philosophy. Uh, I said in my introduction, I said, this is how it was done. This is how it was printed. And here it is. But mm -hmm. what I did, the reflections of that article collections, which I like that 
in some cases I wrote a little, you know, footnote to articles, mm -hmm. yeah. where I, where I was uh, thinking about the history of of the writing itself, how this piece came about, and so forth. Yeah. So that was finally my chance to slow down a little bit and have a kind of a reflection to this and. It was a nice experience and just to, to see it, you know, and how it had, had progressed the writing. And what surprised me was how little uh, the, 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 the writing had progressed. Or, or put it another way, my style somehow just came like it was out, just straight out of the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was uh, not sounding uh, too boastful, but... Uh, just from the very first day, you know, it was somehow complete, the yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing, I guess, to learn from that whole process. I guess the, the, the opportunity to go back and, as you say, add some footnotes and a little bit of reflection on, on things that were, were done to a tight deadline, but also then reviewing it back and seeing that your style has stayed pretty consistent over time. And, mm. and, and uh, that, I guess that was, that was nice to see that. So you're currently working on a book that's been commissioned by a publisher. Can you tell us about that? Well, uh, yeah, uh, that was, uh, I was just, well, maybe in the midst of my, um, in, in, in my schooling in the uni in, in Edinburgh, um, uh, when, I, when I got a letter out of the blue, you know, could you write uh, a book, uh, history, history of Icelandic music or, or Icelandic popular music? And uh, but my studies and now my job here in Iceland at the uni has completely thrown that assignment sideways. Right. So it's uh, uh, as, as they say, uh, it's on the back burner. I think that's the, the sentence. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but an active project nonetheless. I've, I've, I'm, I'm in contact with the editor, and he's cool about it. And. Uh, so the book uh, I was talking about, which I was commissioned for, that also, and uh, the, uh, the, what, my time at the uni, and mm -hmm. doing uni, doing a degree, completely, you know, the deadlines uh, jumped from a one-day deadline to, you know, a three-month deadline or whatever it is. Yeah. So, and and then getting commissioned to do a book which had maybe a two-year deadline or whatever, that completely um, changed, you know, how how I should approach deadline. And I have to say, this is something I'm still trying to getting uh, adjusted to. And um, yeah, I guess if you've got a, a background where your deadline was probably lunchtime or three o'clock or something, yeah. then to move to one yeah. which is. 2017 or 2018 then it becomes yeah it's, it's, it is a it is a difficult adjustment so um mm. in in terms of kind of getting yourself kind of in, in into that um and you said you you know your your experiences with, with a publisher you, you've been speaking to him and he's and he's pretty cool that and that's that's great do, do you how do you approach the structure of something like a like a full book or a, you know a, a long piece of, of non-fiction like that um, okay, that, that's that's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question and an interesting um, uh, how I've done it has been it has been interesting. Like the first book I did with uh, the Icelandic Simon Cowell, we could say, mm -hmm. um, 
that was done like a journalist does a book I've heard around me. It was done in one stretch for maybe three weeks or something like that, you know. Yeah. And that was like a tape book, you know. It was just him talking into a tape, and I wrote it all in first person, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was like a one long interview somehow. Um, but then I've, I've, I've been forced to rethink some of these, you know, I can't write... Uh, about the history of Icelandic popular music in, in, in one stretch for three weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So to structure it, 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 it depends on the projects, like um, uh, the, the book about uh, the greatest Icelandic albums. Um, uh, that was just structured. I wrote short pieces about each and every album. So for the journalist who is used to do 500 words in, 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 in little bits. That was a nice yeah. structure. It has been harder for me, I have to admit, to do uh, longer pieces because I don't really have the resources or the knowledge or the training to divide these things into little bits. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, the working method would w- to do it, you know, one day at a time or, or whatever, you know. So, uh, uh, but, but, but... So, uh, well, I'm straying off topic here, but just if no, we no. go if we go to the pop history book, I just structure it. I just took the the the, the history of popular music. I divided the chapters into decades, and yeah. then I just wrote down the words, you know, which was a trick I got from my dear supervisor Simon Frith to uh, just be pretty anal about it. Just you know. 5,000 words about this, 7,500 words about this. And then it's just to shovel in the, the, the text which is needed. So, you know, to, to be a little bit reflective and philosophical, to be a writer, it's always a struggle about the romanticism and then the, the nitty-gritty of it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the daily battle. You have a romantic idea and uh, you want to do a great book or you want to have a flair and you want to have an impact. But then you're just slotted in, you know, in front of the computer screen and then, okay, now you have to write the thing. And that's a whole other thing somehow. Yeah, I, I, I think we've, I've, I, other writers I've spoken to have, have had the same reflection and kind of getting beyond that idea that, I will be able to write if I can sit on a on a balcony um, overlooking the Mediterranean and the air is scented with lemons and it's a warm day but it's not too hot and uh, and I've, you know those th- those kind of um, um, setups that you, you you perhaps tell yourself would be ideal maybe but no. um, but but that's not that's not really what it's like and and you say that that notion of of what's going to be produced I think it's really really funny to talk about shoveling in the text Anna I think that's um, <laughs> that, that's a that's a very evocative image of uh, of of what um of what real writing is really like sometimes some days you have to just get the text in and and then afterwards either I guess working with your editor or publisher or or looking at it again and I guess this is where it's very different from your journalistic writing you have the opportunity to go back and reflect and change mm. and reshape and and reorder um, that's when you that's when you make sure that there's a, a coherence and a and a, and, a, and a pleasurable reading experience as well as just um, just getting the words down. And the um, what I have found is uh, you could probably say that my career is shaped by deadlines. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I, 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 I sometimes I, I read about how journalists, uh, you know, the mindset of a journalist, and I, uh, not surprisingly, I ticked into all all the boxes, <laughs> and it's it's like I need, you know, if you would say to me now, Arnar, I need to have this piece before six o'clock today, then the adrenaline starts to flow. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I'm used to, you know, I can deliver a good enough text before 6 p.m. today. And that, that gets my the motor running. And uh, but I've, I've been surprised how I've, 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 I've been able to take that this experience uh, because I, now I'm supervising students. And I've uh, I've tried to. Well, as calmly and as nicely as I can, uh, I can see how uh, important it is, it is to drag them down from the romantic cloud <laughs> and get them on the ground and say, you know, you have great ideas and I really like your ambition, but now we have to uh, see this is 10,000 words, we have to mm -hmm. divide up the chapters, and then you have to go and, you know, and show them, as, as, as you say. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's just, you know, and, and, I, and I say, at the end of the day, you know, it's just getting 10,000 words on a page and deliver them in time. And, uh, and, and that, you know, and, and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's somehow, but, but, but as I say, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a balancing act. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, that you should throw away, because... You shovel, but 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 you know you shovel with, you know you have ideas in the mind still, and and yeah. you, but mm -hmm. you know it's just how it is. You 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 have to produce the stuff. Yeah, yeah. You you shovel as an artist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the something artist like shovel, that. The artist shovel could be the good good title for something. I think. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's it's a combo of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. Oh, I'll stay with me. I think. <laughs> Um, so, so talk, talking about your, your your academic work and your and your um, your PhD, um, in particular the lens you're putting, uh, having read the notes about what your what, what your, your your thesis is mm. on the distinction between amateur and professional mm. musicians. Mm. Now, now clearly your your area of study is music and musicians, and, and you're mm. expert in that field. But I think that's really fascinating and something that also applies very much to writers. Um, especially to fiction writers, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, can you tell us a little bit about your, your your ideas around this notion of amateur and and professional, and how they blend, and and and, and perhaps how they don't? Yeah. No, it it was great. Uh, my initial idea for the PhD was to write squarely about amateurs. Uh, then, just the scope of the um, of of the PhD and the fact that it was set in Iceland. Then we, me and Simon, decided to just expand it and so it's more like a general excursion into uh, the life and the realities of the Icelandic musician but the life and the experiences of the Icelandic musicians are all in that grey area between professionalism and amateurs and I would say most of them are in this semi-professional kind of, kind of stuff and it's just you know thinking about you know when when are you a musician and when you are you not a musician and and what are you prepared to do? And uh, I've been fascinated by the the, um, uh, the the variations of answers. You know, well I'm not really a musician, but I I play a guitar a little bit. And then you know, 
well, I, I make a living as a musician by playing you know, tribute shows, but then I, I thrive on making experimental music, but I, I really don't get paid for that. So people are juggling things somehow. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds very much like the... Um many of the writers I've spoken to, particularly aspiring writers, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, either do it, but, but do other things too, um, in order to, to get by or do a day job and then write around, around the sides. And, um, and, and the number I've spoken to, even people that are published and have, and have had some success are still a little wary of, of, of self declaring them as, as writers. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that it's a very interesting, uh, psychological, emotional, um, journey, I think you go on as, a, as an artist, irrespective of the art form. And I think I think just the, the the leap is so huge. Like if you talk both about musicians and authors here in Iceland, the writers, um, you know, there's less than a you know you, you can count them on one hand. You know, authors who actually make 100% living of writing. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just so few. You know, and and they have to be like. Arnaldur Indriðason, uh, the, the best-known crime writer in Iceland. He, but he's a, he's a very big seller, both in Iceland and abroad. So he manages to make solely um, um, his living out of writing. But most of the other ones have part-time jobs as well. And yeah. uh, the, 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 uh, the, the um, we could say, the excitement or, or no, the, the suspense which I found by talking to the musicians, the musicians, is this, you know, I would like to make a living of the music, but I can't, or mm-hmm. uh, I'm a sellout because I make a living out of playing in tribute bands, or, you know, it's it's like this, it's 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 the same struggle between the, the, the romantic ideals and then, you know, uh, the nitty gritty of it that, you know, you just have to eat. <laughs> and yeah. so people are struggling of trying to combine it and, and it's just worries between um, individuals how um, how how much at ease they are with this you know mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's the question uh, whether you're a musician or a writer or probably an artist or a mm. sculptor or, or whatever that's the question you maybe need to ask yourself um, how comfortable where's my where's my line of comfort and it's perhaps mm. less a question of amateur and professional were more a question of, um, of, of of degree of time you spend in your week doing one thing or the other and um, ultimately I guess Philip Larkin was was a you know was a was a was an academic librarian and but still you know obviously an esteemed poet and, and very successful and uh, that's just a first top of mind example I can think of but I suppose that's the question for, for, a, for yeah. a creative person where's the where, how, you know how, where, where are you where are you putting your energies and how much of that and it's less of a question of amateur and professional and and then the word is also uh, I remember Philip Glass was working as a plumber, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then people are scared and 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 uh, struggle with the word um, authentic, mm-hmm. you know. People are you know, am I an authentic musician if I do my experimental work, but also do dinner jazz, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I be? Do I get a respect from the community? By doing these two uh, jobs, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to to um, see if any any listeners to the podcast have got any thoughts about that from from a writer. What's the Mm. what's the writer's equivalent of dinner jazz? I suppose is uh, is an interesting question. um, Yeah. Yeah. To do the uh, 
allows you to do the more experimental stuff that you might you might want to do. That's yeah, quite an interesting question. Just the, the paid jobs, we could say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So taking all of your experiences as a writer, um, you know, working on your your very short deadlines and working to um, to, to your longer deadlines and, and all the other things in between, what advice would you give to any aspiring writers? Um, well, uh, I would you know just think about. I would tell them to think about you know if you find and you can see when you write something that you have talent for it and we could say like a natural talent for it or or better still you both see like a natural talent for it or it comes relatively easy for it and you get um, get uh, you get something out of it you know you you you, you get an enjoyment out of writing uh, I would just encourage them to try to find some platforms uh, as an outlet, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, writing a blog or trying to write short articles for something. And often it's it's like two or three years of, of doing unpaid job for the skinny or whatever. Mm-hmm. But absolutely uh, just find an outlet. And my practical tip would be find an outlet that uh, is blowing down your neck, you know, with deadlines, you know, <laughs> because that, that keeps you at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was totally the thing for me. I had to produce text on a very quick rate. And that, of course, gave me the experience and uh, made me a better writer just by writing, you know. If, if you want to be a writer, you have to write. Yeah, absolutely. And you have, yeah, yeah, and you have to write. Mm-hmm pretty frequently mm-hmm. and uh, but you need in my experience you need pretty tight external pressures to produce the stuff yeah that's great I think that's two terrific bits of advice find find the writing that you enjoy and do that mm. and then find someone who find a platform for it that gives you deadlines brilliant mm. that's terrific um, so finally Anna what should people look out for from, from you in the future wow uh, <laughs> Hopefully, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I could say that I'm working on uh, just uh, like an ac- academic career here in Iceland and I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of teaching now and, uh, but, but you know, article and journal, you know, academic articles, writing uh, alongside that and uh, that has been taking up a whole lot of time, but I'm also like juggling, you know, you know, heavy academic writing with more like accessible writing, and I think I'm my, you know, I'm, I'm doomed somehow, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm a, or my destiny seems to be, you know, you know, to 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 do to to, to do both things, both uh, accessible writing and then more for the academia. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, I just hope to be able to. I don't know, touch or, or, or try to uh, uh, inspire people around me to, I don't know, about, uh, you know, well, it's wake, but uh, what drives me, what drives me is just, you know, love of music and, and just love of trying to, uh, trying to understand it, write about it and, and, and just trying to get it out there somehow. It's, it, it's wake, but, you know, just, just, just getting on with it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Great, <laughs> great stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anna. Um, 
that that brings us to the end of our time for this episode um that's been absolutely fascinating to talk to you it's been brilliant and thank you very much for sharing your experiences and your approach with us and some some great insight there um from you in, into how you approach things and, and and some good advice for anybody i think whether they're writing fiction or non-fiction um really insightful and interesting and and um, there's lots there for an aspiring writer to mull over and learn from so please come and visit our website that's writing-perspectives.com I'll be posting full show notes for this episode so you can find out more about Anna. Um, and I'd be delighted if you'd leave your comments to let me know what you think and also share what you know. Writers write, and that's the only real hurdle to being a writer. So if you're feeling good and the words are coming to you easily, that's fantastic. Um, if not, well, write something, anything. No one else needs to see it, but get going. Uh, you know, if you if you need a prompt, why not um, You know, be, be prompted by some of the discussions about music today? Take one of your characters or maybe your favourite fictional character get them to review some music or go to a gig and write about it did they enjoy it did you put them in their own time or did you take them out of time have a bit of fun with it and and see as I say nobody needs to see it but if you get writing you get the writing going then it makes the next bit of writing you've got to do that much easier so thank you very much for listening to Writing Perspectives my name's Steve Borley and until next time goodbye goodbye